Welcome to the Aaron Church Podcast, where our mission is bringing life to everyone, everywhere, every day. Each podcast episode features the latest talk from our church, which are released weekly. We're passionate about Jesus, love to worship together, and are committed to changing our community for the better. Connect with us at aaronchurch.com. everyone i've been reading um a lot about uh, some of the some of the early, early revival of the last century and some of the healing evangelists and some of the meetings that they would have and i kept thinking about it today because they talk a lot about these meetings where they would just wait on the holy spirit and they just like there'd just be stuff going on and then there'd be other people waiting and it would just increase that hunger and i feel like god is increasing our hunger I feel like, you know, we're at base camp, aren't we? And um, at base camp, you tell stories and you share with people. And some of those people have been up the mountain. Some of them are grizzled travellers and some of them are newbies. And you share those stories together and you wait together and you get ready and you, be, you acclimatise and you're filled with excitement for the journey ahead. Um, I, I, just like Becca said last, last week, uh, I, I haven't climbed mountains. In fact, at the beginning of 2020... Um, I booked up to climb Kilimanjaro for my 40th uh, in October of 2020. And then, of course, this little pandemic thing happened. And uh, that kind of scuppered all of the plans. And so then it got put off until 2021. And then, of course, 2021, it didn't happen. And now it's been put off, ironically, to 2022. So hopefully at some point while we're talking about climbing mountains and base camp and everything, I actually will be climbing Kilimanjaro. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to do some little videos from there. So please pray for me. Please pray for me because I'm really not ready at all to do it right now. I have probably the most unfit I've felt for a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, I definitely need to get into, into training. I think I've kept on hoping that it will be postponed again and again. And haven't we got into a little bit of an attitude where we hope that things will be postponed or, we, or at least we don't allow ourselves to get excited about something because if I don't get excited about it, then, well, then when it doesn't happen, I don't have to feel disappointed, right? Anybody else feel like that a little bit at the moment? Let's shake that off and let's say stuff that. We are going to get excited this year about some stuff that is going to happen. We are going to get excited about some things that God is already doing and that he is going to continue to do. Now, whilst I haven't ever actually climbed a mountain like that, I have lived in the mountains. Caroline and I lived in Bogota. um, And when we lived out in Bogota, it's one of the highest capital cities in the world. It's on a mountain plateau. I can't remember the exact uh, height above sea level that it is, but when you arrive in Bogota, you notice the level of oxygen has seriously decreased. So sometimes we'll have people who have visited us and they will suffer with really bad altitude sickness. Um, and, and one of the remedies for that is coca tea. Yeah, yeah, tea made out of coca, the leaf from the cocaine plant. It's absolutely fine. Um, I don't really know why I'm promoting coca tea up here at the moment. But anyway, sometimes when people have come, that's, that's what you have. And it kind of like calms your, it calms the altitude sickness. Um, but one of the things that you notice is that the higher you go, the more important oxygen becomes. The higher up the mountain you go, the lower the levels of oxygen are. So the more important it is to build capacity within your lungs to be able to suck in the 
that oxygen. And I don't know who this is for today, but I really believe that this year, God is going to bring many of us to new heights and we are going to have to increase our lung capacity. We're going to have to increase our ability to be able to suck in on the presence of God, to be able to breathe Him in so that we are able to stand on the heights that He is calling us to live in. Amen? And that means we're going to have to start working. We're going to have to start doing something. And today we're going to talk about starting small and starting local. So if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to read from Matthew 10, uh, 5 through to 8. It says this. I think it might come up on here if you don't have your Bibles. It says this. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. So Jesus has spent, most scholars believe he spent about two years with his travelling companions. He spent about two years with them and they have imbibed his presence. They've imbibed the things that he has taught about. And now Jesus gets to the point where he's saying, okay, okay, guys, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to move. It's time for you to step out and to do something. And I'm sure that they, these like young Jewish boys and girls within Jesus' crew were like, come on right now, it's time. We're going to storm the Romans. We're going to see the kingdom come. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We're going to see this thing go to the ends of the earth. And Jesus goes, no, I want you to start with the lost sheep of Israel. I want you to start right here with those who are on your doorstep. Isn't it true that so often we ask God to do something big and something deep and we choose to do these dreams and these goals and these resolutions that we push off to either some kind of geographical, metaphorical, distant future or or, or just something that isn't immediate and that isn't right now because, well, it's easier to abdicate my responsibility if it's something out there or if it's something really big than if it's something that is actually right on my doorstep to do or that is in like a bite-sized chunk to do. So often, I don't know about you, but over the time of this pandemic, pandemic, a lot of my prayers will be kind of deep prayers. They'll be like, God, you know, would you just cause uh, COVID to be wiped out across the face of the earth? Or I'll be praying for our partners in different countries around the world who are facing just horrendous things because of the pandemic. And my prayers would be really, really deep. And I'd be praying for big things. I'd be saying, God, would you bring in the millions into Links International so we can help these people? And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with those prayers. It's not that those big prayers are, are wrong. It's just that so often when God wants to do something with us, he starts in a way that is small and in a way that seems quite shallow a lot of the time. So, you know, he says to the disciples, doesn't he? He says to them, you know, push the boat out a little way. Just a little way. It's just a little thing, guys. I just want, I'm just asking you to do something small here. If he had have said to them, right, I want you to take me to the other side. At this point, 
I'm sure that Peter would have been like, on your bike, I've been fishing all night. There's no way that I've cleaned up the nets. There's no way that I'm going to the other side. But no, no, Jesus just says, I I just want you to do a little thing. I want you to do something small. Now, later he would say to them, I want you to go into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And they saw something amazing. That was pushing them out of their comfort zone. But he started with something small. How on earth are we going to feed these 5,000? And all we've got is this small lunchbox from this little kid. It was just a little thing, right? And yet so often God takes the little insignificant things that we don't think are important to do something that will blow our minds, right? In that story, it's like uh, there's no way in the natural that that lunchbox was going to feed the 5,000 people. Also, we know, because scholars tell us that, they only counted the men. They didn't count the women and children. And why? Because they didn't think they were significant. And so what does God do? God takes an insignificant lunchbox from in the eyes of the culture, an insignificant child, and feeds the multitude with it. What is God saying to you right now that is the small thing that he wants you to do in this moment that he will take and then do far beyond anything that you could ask or think if you simply put it into the hands of Jesus? Beginning of the year, you know, we have all kinds of resolutions, don't we? In fact, this last week is believed to be the uh, the week where there's the most, kind of, it's the most depressing week on the calendar, apparently, because, well, Christmas is over. You know, we've eaten all of the Christmas leftovers and everything, and the bills come in. And so if you've got debts, then you know that you know, the debts are beginning to pile up. And also they believe it is the week where most people will give up on their resolutions. And why? Because again, a lot of the time the resolution is, I'm going to lose four pounds in weight or whatever it might be. And instead of holding on to the, instead of doing what we need to do on a daily basis, we push it off to this distant kind of thing, right? And so often it's just making the daily decisions. You know, if you decide that this year I'm going to write a book, right? You have to write every day. You have to make a decision. I'm going to, I'm going to carve out half an hour, an hour, whatever it might be. I've got to do those steps to be able to get to that place. I've got to begin to train right now if I ever want to get to the top of the mountain, right? I've got to make a decision to do that. Nobody wakes up one day and thinks, you know what, today I'm going to run a marathon. Today I'm going to, I just decided, today today I'm going to climb Mount Everest. You would die. You would die halfway up there. You know, and we do the same in so many areas of our lives. I'm going to do a 40-day fast and then we wonder why we've broken it at 10 o'clock with coffee and biscuits, Right? We have these big, big dreams and God's like, okay, that's great. Have those dreams, but start here. You know what, Jesus, one day when I'm in the Amazon rainforest preaching to a tribe, then I'll see signs and wonders and miracles. And God's like, no, pray for your neighbour next door, right? One day, God, you know, when my business chips cash in, when that new deal goes through, when that money comes in, then I'll tithe. No, no, no. Do what you've got to do with what you have in your hands right now. So Jesus said to them, start local. And it's so much more difficult, isn't it? It's so much more difficult to start right where you're at. There's a whole load of inertia that stops us from building up that momentum to just start. And I just believe that God's saying to us right now, We've got to just start. You've got to just do something. And, and don't expect God to say something really deep and something really big because he'll probably put his finger on something and say, just do that. 
I love how profound uh, God can be in different moments throughout the scriptures. You know, you've got, you've got Elijah the prophet and he's suicidal and he's like, he's just seen fire fall from heaven. So don't get the idea that he's lazy or anything like that. He's, he's been full on against the, the prophets of Baal and uh, he's suicidal, running for his life away from Queen Jezebel. And he's at the point where he wants to take his life and the angel of the Lord says to him something really deep and something really profound. He says, hey, Elijah, have something to eat and have a nap. Deep, right? Really deep, okay? I'm sure Elijah would have been like, God, I wanted you to, you know, tell me how to do that fire trick again or something, right? And, and God says to him, have something to eat and have a nap. Anybody, anybody, uh, anybody booked up with a personal trainer this year, at the beginning of the year? Anybody? Or, or, or a new gym membership? Yeah? You have. Brilliant. Well done. I'm impressed. Excellent. So shout out to Aaron Colhoun if he's here. If you haven't yet, he's brilliant. But one of the things that he will tell you is it's more than just the exercise that is important. It is the rest and refueling that it's equally as important. Some of us need to learn how to rest. And by rest, I do not mean recreational relaxation. There's a whole difference between binge watching something on Netflix and actually doing something that will feed your soul, right? We need to learn how to rest and to refuel our being, to be able to step out into what God has for us. You know, and a lot of the time God will, will be crying out to God for deliverance from something. And God says, you crying out to, for deliverance from something. I'm going to tell you to delete something. Okay. So maybe you're battling today with really manic, deep depression. And, and believe, believe me, my heart goes out to you. I'm not belittling that in any way, shape or form. But maybe you're crying out and you're saying, God, deliver me from this. God, deliver me from this. And maybe God will just say to you, do you know what? I'm not going to deliver you from it, but I am going to tell you to delete your Instagram account. Now, I know some of you just broke out into a cold sweat at the thought of having to delete your Instagram account. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with Instagram. Don't hear me wrong. God will speak differently to each one of us, depending on our dysfunction. But sometimes there is something that we need to do. We need to delete something that is causing us destruction and replace it with something that will develop us. Say that again, because I thought that sounded quite cool. We have to delete the things that are causing us destruction and replace them with the things that will cause us development. Okay? And so God might be saying, do you know what? I want you to lay that down so that you can pick this up. You've only got the two hands, so get rid of that thing over there because I've got more that I want to put in your hands. And it might be a really simple thing. It might be a simple thing like, you know what? Choose to go to bed half an hour earlier so you can get up half an hour earlier so you can spend some time with me. It might be something as simple as that. Just start small, start near. The other thing that I love about this, this story here is that they're equipped. Now, Kat's going to talk more about this next week, so I don't want to steal any of her thunder. But essentially, Jesus says to them, don't take anything with you. Don't take anything. Uh, I'm going to be enough for you. Uh, I did a challenge a few years back um, with some of the guys in the church here, and we were, we were given a kit list of all the things that we needed to take. And so, you know, you beg, borrow and steal all of these different bits and pieces, buy different things. And then we arrived at the challenge only to be told that we had to surrender all of our all of our kit we basically had to give it all over and they said only take with you the absolute essentials now I was furious about this because it let you know we'd worked really hard to get all of these different things and I thought I needed them 
I thought I needed all of those different things, but you know what? I didn't need any of those different things that I thought were going to be so important. The compass, the, the, you know, the, the state-of-the-art thing from Mount... I'm sure Mountain Warehouse thought that they had like, the, won the jackpot when they saw all of us coming because we just like, you know, got everything and we didn't need to use any of it. Now, are we not the most well-equipped generation and yet the most unaccustomed in using the equipment that we have been given. We have podcasts coming out of our heads. We have Bible translations. We have apps on our phones. We have everything that we could ever, ever need. And yet we remain, we remain overfed and underworked most of the time. And then we look at our brothers and sisters in China or in, uh, in different areas around the world where all they have maybe is a portion of Scripture and yet they use what they have and they see God break out in amazing ways. The equipment that we need is simply to be with Him. And I'm realising more and more and more that it's not about how clever we are. It's not about how, uh, how many Scriptures we can pull out. It's not about any of that. When they looked at the disciples, they saw that they have been with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want, when we go out of this place, I want people to see that we have been with Jesus and that that residue fire that is on our lives would be so impactful, that would be so contagious that nobody would be able to deny it. You know, nobody is going to get saved from our well-manicured, well well-managed online presence. Great though it is. Nobody is going to be saved by our clever uh, websites. Nobody's going to be saved by all of those. They're going to be saved by the fact that the Spirit of the living God is alive within us and is impacting the people around us, right? So we need to be with Jesus. They were equipped. They were focused. They were told to preach and to heal. They were told to bring, uh, they were told to bring something to, for the, both the physical need and the spiritual need of the people around them. And they were told to be intentional. And I believe that this is really, really key to us. I believe that God is saying, what are you going to do right now? Be intentional. Be specific. So I just want just to be really practical right now. I'm going to give you three threes and I'm just saying them in threes because it helps me remember them. But I really feel like God wants to challenge us to adopt and to develop three spiritual disciplines this year. Maybe for you that might be, you know, I really need to read my Bible. I really need to spend some time in prayer. Maybe for you it's actually I really need to learn how to Sabbath. I need to learn how to disconnect from the from the maddening crowd of just the craziness of noise around me. And I need to learn what it is that feeds my soul. Maybe it's Solitude. Maybe it's like learning how to separate. Maybe you're so addicted to being around people and God's saying, I want to bring you away. We started the year with that verse from Song of Solomon 2 where it says, come away with me, my love. There's some things that only happen when we step into that place of intimacy. There's some things that only happen when we switch off the noise long enough to be able to hear the voice of God. I actually believe that this year we're going to see a renaissance and a resurgence in the two disciplines of fasting and confession. And again, don't break out into a cold sweat. I prefer, I think it's a spelling mistake. I'd prefer to say feasting. Somebody dropped the E from that. But fasting is such a powerful gift that God has given to us. There's nothing quite like it to act as spiritual warfare against the the cry of our flesh, to use that old term word, basically our uh, our desires, our 
our human nature that just says, give me more, give me more. I need more to feel comfortable. We are so addicted to dopamine, aren't we? We are so addicted to that rush that comes, whether it's from having another Mars bar, whether it's from the next episode, whether it's from watching something online that we shouldn't, whatever it is, that thing that just causes that release, that rush of dopamine into our brains. But it doesn't last and it leaves us desperate for more. And what God really wants to do is for us to sow into our spirits Paul says, when you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. When you sow to the Spirit, you will reap life uh, and, and, and fruitfulness. When we sow into our spirits, it releases serotonin. And serotonin is that chemical that gives us that deep sense of peace, that sense that everything's going to be okay. And that's what comes when we spend that time with God, when we do those things. And when we fast, we're saying no to our body's desire to be in charge. And we're saying yes to our spirit. We're saying, I'm not going to bow to that. I'm going to bow to this. And I believe there's going to be a resurgence of that. I believe there's going to be a resurgence of just confessing, of just being free to be transparent and to be able to say to people that we know and love alongside us, you know what, I'm struggling with this. And for the response to simply be, the blood of Jesus sets you free. And I believe there's going to be a resurgence of that. And maybe some of you today, you actually know, you, you, need to, you need to confess some stuff. You need to just let it out. When we bring things into the light, they lose their power. When you switch on the light, the cockroaches scurry. Some, sometimes we just need to shine a light on some things, right? And say enough is enough. So three spiritual disciplines that, that God might just put on you. I want us to commit to pray and to believe for three people that we really want to see saved this year. And I know some of you are seeing that and there's some great stories already happening with Alpha. But don't just limit it to that. Who, am I, who, who do you have around you that you need to be crying out to God for their salvation? Let's commit to pray for those things. And three goals in your vocation, in your calling that you really want to see this year. And let's commit as a body to surround each other in prayer and to believe for those things. It's not just all about what happens on a a Sunday morning. It's about what happens in our places of work. It's about what happens in our places of study. It's about the kingdom breaking out everywhere we go, everywhere they went. They saw amazing things happen. And yes, so I want to stand with you and believe for those business deals. I want to stand with you and believe for those openings, those divine connections and appointments. I want to stand and believe for those things. But I also want to believe that the kingdom of heaven will be preached, that signs and wonders will break out, that the sick will be healed, that the demon possessed will be set free, that the lepers will be cleansed. I know we don't have many lepers, but you know what I mean. I want us to believe for that everywhere we go. When we're in the supermarket, when we're in our place of work, everywhere where we go, let's believe that we will see that. Because you know the great thing about this story? They came back and they said, even the demons were subject to your name. I believe we're going to see some great things this year. But we're only going to see them if we decide today, I'm going to do something about it right now. I'm not going to put it off. I'm not going to put it off till tomorrow. I'm not going to put it off to some geographic or distant future, like when I go on a mission trip or when I go to... No, today. Today. These promises are yes and amen to everyone who believes.